National media continues to exaggerate and promote misleading negative headlines designed to diminish the rule of law and those whose job it is to enforce it. Law Matters gives law enforcement a voice to hear their up-to-date concerns so we can keep our families safe. Remember, the only people who want to defund the police and dismantle these agencies are the criminals. Please remember to thank a cop. Now let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. This is Law Matters, and we are in Oral Valley this morning at Steampump Ranch. We have a sex trafficking awareness going on. There's a lot of resources out here. We've got games for the kids to play. There's candy. There's food. There's the farmer's markets here. Everything's happening here. Everybody should be here and listen and talk to all these amazing people who work really hard to fight sex trafficking. And on the phone, I have Lawrence, who is with TPD, taking over Jennifer's position and he's got big shoes to fill but he's he's qualified to do that so lawrence tell us about you what got you into law enforcement uh well i started in 2005 and i originally started with the pima county sheriff's department here in here in tucson as a deputy um i was born and raised in hawaii and and really the the reason for me getting into law enforcement is is probably Probably not an uncommon story, but um, I think a lot of us have have heard of ACEs, right? Your adverse childhood childhood experiences, and and I grew up in a in a pretty rough environment, a lot of a lot of drugs, a lot of violence, um, and that led me to to feel a really uh, just a loss of control and a loss of power as a child, and that led me to want to you know make a change and. And be that change for for those kids, you know, for for little me, I guess. When I grew up, got older, I wanted to be um, someone that could that could help that person that that had that loss and of power and, and control, and um, be that good person make and make difference. that good change in someone's life. So people when think, people think of Hawaii, they don't think of that type of an environment. You know, they think you know, hula dancing and the sun and the beach and Mai Tais. So you're putting a different yeah, view on uh, Hawaii that's, for that's, me. <laughs> that's definitely, uh, that's definitely the vacation vibe you get, you know, but, but Hawaii can be, Hawaii can be tough. You know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's expensive and, you know, growing up there is definitely a different vibe from vacationing there, you know, as, as you can, as you can imagine. So. Well, okay, we're going to walk around, and we're going to talk to some of these amazing people. Are you a volunteer? Yes. You're a volunteer. So we've got, we've got people who volunteer to do what they do. I want, we have Banner Healthcare here. I want you to take the phone, don't hang up on people, and tell people who you are and what you do regarding uh, human sex trafficking. Hi, my name is Casey Uber. I'm with the Banner University Family Care Medicaid Plan. So I um, I specialize in the adult general mental health substance use population as well as transition age youth. And um, I've been uh, supporting anti-sex trafficking efforts uh, for about five years now. When I used to, uh, I started out working with children in crisis and someone came in and delivered the Human Trafficking 101 training to me with passion and sparked a fire in me to make a change. And so we try to work uh, with the other health plans, the other ACC health plans uh, in Arizona to create awareness, educate providers, 
and support law enforcement in all their efforts to stop human trafficking. Awesome. We appreciate your effort in doing that, too. That's that's just amazing that we have so many people out here. And if you're driving around, you go by Steampump Ranch, please tune in and turn in, excuse me, and come visit us because we've got Oro Valley Police Department here. They brought some really fancy equipment out. And like I said, there's all kinds of things for kids to do to play. And and we want everybody out here so you can learn about what's going on. Lawrence, do you have somebody over there that you're interviewing? I do. I do. I'm with uh, Southern Arizona Dream Center and Terry. So I'm sitting here with Terry and I'm going to let Terry tell us about who she's with and what they do. And she's got some really, really exciting news to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Hello, I'm Terry. Uh-huh. Thank Hi, you. Tell us, tell us, tell us what you're, tell us what you're doing. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're excited. Um, we've been seven years as a nonprofit in the community, working with rescuing um, women from trafficking situations and doing a huge street outreach where we run into uh, people all the time that need help. And for years, we have not had a safe home in Pima County, and it's been the greatest need at all of the meetings and collaborations we've done as a county. And I can happily say that we got a large enough donation from a wonderful organization, and we have opened our first safe home for trafficked women in Pima County. And as of Monday, we will be able to start taking women. Awesome. That's amazing. Thank you for doing that. That's that's just so helpful. I mean, there's a transition when people are brought in having been traumatized like this. There is a transition that they need to go through to get back to somewhat of a normal life. So that's amazing. Thank you for doing Absolutely. that. Yeah, we're excited. So, and what else do you want to ask me? Just the exciting news you have mm-hmm. with this. So, yeah, it's wonderful to collaborate with all of the groups um, that are out here at Steampump Ranch today. And we all realize now, after working together for years, how we can work together to really make it um, a successful transition for our girls coming into our emergency rescue situation uh, home. And then with uh, Beauty to Ashes, which maybe you'll hear about later, can work with um, the young girls longer term. So I just love working with everyone out here. Very cool. Let me talk to Lawrence again. Hey, Sherry, I'm still here. Thank okay. You. Who else? Who else? Yeah. Tell her thank you. Who else? Who else do we have oh. over there? I know we've got a lot of, of people. Course. We have the AG's offices here. I, I'm, I'm standing right here with the AG's office. Let, let's she talk to them because I'm on the phone. Hi, ma'am. So this I'm uh, a- I'm Lawrence with Tucson Police. I, I'm with the Human Trafficking Unit. I have Sherry with Law Matter. She's sitting right over there. We're on the radio, and we'd just like to ask you who who you are and what you're doing today, and who do you represent here? Uh, my name is Rochelle Lump, and I'm the Anti-Human Trafficking Program Manager with the Arizona Attorney General's Office. And we're here today just to help the community um, bring awareness to the issue of human trafficking. Uh, We provide free training all throughout the state of Arizona on the signs and indicators of what human trafficking looks like. And we provide that education to really anybody beginning with seventh graders all the way through um, seniors. So you go through the schools? 
We do. We do go through the schools. We recommend um, as early as seventh grade, yes. Okay. So let's say somebody has been trafficked. You know who the trafficker is. What is the process for the person who's doing the trafficking? What accountability are they held to? Um, well, I, I can't really speak to that. That's like a prosecutorial issue. Um, you know, we provide resources to um, educate the public on, you know, how to protect ourselves from becoming vulnerable to traffickers. And we right. provide resources for survivors um, as far as how they can get um, trauma support and survivor assistance. And then the um, state of Arizona has the first human trafficking hotline for the states. We're the only state to have that number. Um, and it's one eight seven seven four 4AZ-TIPS. And any um, suspected trafficking can be reported to that number. Yeah, and, and I want you to repeat that number. People, if, if you think something's going on, better to report something and have it be wrong than re not report it and have it be right. And I tell people all the time, follow your gut. If your gut says this isn't normal, something's up, something's probably up. So what's that number again? Sure, um, and that's absolutely correct. We never want people to intervene themselves. Um, you know, the law enforcement would always rather investigate and have it be nothing. So, again, that number is 1-877-4-A-Z-TIPS, T-I-P-S. Very cool. Well, I thank you for everything that you're doing. I know we've got quite a few people. What time is it? We've got quite a few people um, to talk to. And the one thing I really want to stress is all these people work together. All the law enforcement agencies work together. If something's going on, they back each other up, and as well as all these resources that are out here. If one agency can't help you, they're going to send you to an agency that can. So, you know, it's it's really smart to be out here and learn about what's available. You never know what's going to cross your path in the future. You want to have this knowledge. Knowledge is power. You want to have this power. Absolutely. So, we have a great collaboration with um, lots of different agencies, um, government, law enforcement, and advocacy agencies across the state. And, you know, I would love to talk to you if you want to come down and say hi today. Um, you know, we have lots of resources here at the table. There's lots of other agencies here that are represented, so we'd love to see you. Okay. Well, hopefully everybody will turn in to Steampump Ranch, check out the farmer's market. They've got food trucks here, games for the kids. And we have Lawrence, and Lawrence is walking around interviewing these agencies. I am. So I am. I am have. live on the radio. I'm with Our Family Services. We have Sherry from Law Matters. We're live. We're talking to Sherry's listeners, trying to get people to come down here. I have Cynthia from Our Families. They're pointing at each other. I have Cynthia and Caitlin. I'm going to put them both on the spot. So just real quick, informal, what do you, what do you guys do? What does Our Family Services do? What are we, what are we doing here today? Um, so Our Family Services, we house homeless youth in the community. We serve 18 to 24-year-olds and also families. Um, but we're here to bring awareness to trafficking in Tucson, and come on out. Simple. And how do you how do is she there? How do you see trafficking happening? 
I'm sorry, Sherry. Lawrence, one more time with the question. Um, trafficking. How do they see trafficking? You're talking homeless youth. They're very vulnerable. How do they see trafficking happening with these young kids who don't have a place to go? Are you seeing your clientele? Being, is that something that you're seeing in your clientele? Yes. Um, I would say the majority of our clients are trafficked from one way or another, whether it be labor or sex trafficking. Um, we have a lot of assessments we do with them once they come in, um, and from there we can help them the best, the best we can. We meet them where they're at, meet their needs. Do you think, they're, do you think your, your clients are being trafficked because they're more of a vulnerable population and people are traffickers are preying on that vulnerability? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would say because they're homeless, because they're out in the public, I would say they're easier to get to. Um, traffickers will provide. They'll provide them with, they'll say they'll provide them with a bed, and then they want them to do all these things. They know how to get to them. Of course. Any more questions you have for them, Sherry? Yeah. Once they, once they come into their home, how do they process these people? Do they keep them? Do they protect them? Or, you know, is it like a 24-hour period? How long do they keep them in their uh, facility? So our family services, we um, we don't have a facility, but we help house homeless youth, and we have different programs. And these and different programs, they can be. Um, we have scattered site facilities, so pretty much apartments that we partner with across Tucson, um, with okay. landlords and all the people that we make connections with. And so, the, depending on the program they're in, they can be in the apartment for a year, eighteen months to twenty-four months. And during that time, we're able to provide life skills, coaching, um, along with, we don't do counseling, but we can refer out, but we help them with anything they may need, whether it be food, um, all, all the different funds, that, all the different things they may need. And job training, are you teaching them how to do different jobs? Is, you know, that yes. part of it? Yes, that is okay. part of it. Um, we also partner with Goodwill, Goodwill Metro, who we send clients over there too, but our case managers help them, and we do assessments in the beginning to see what their biggest needs are, um, which we do budgeting. We help them fill out resumes, um, help them get jobs, help them finish school. Majority of them do not like did not finish high school, so we either help them um, get their GED, with our, and we get this all through our community partners as well. Very cool. Okay. All right, now let me talk to Lawrence again, and and we're going to work our way around here. We've got a lot of resources here. I want to thank everybody. Hi. Thank everybody who's, who's been there. I have Sherry from Law Matters. We're live on the radio. My name is Lawrence. I, I'm a sergeant for Tucson Police Department. I run the Human Trafficking Unit, and I'm just going around. We're live on the radio just to... Talk to everybody here, get your name, who you're with, and just kind of tell us about your organization. Well, my name's Victoria, and um, I'm working with Beauty from Ashes Ranch. We're a new startup facility. We're actually securing our facility right now in contract. We're hoping to be up and running by December. Awesome. And we're going to be providing long-term restorative care therapy for um, victims of sex trafficking. So we're going to start off with ladies ages 18 to 24 because that's when they age out of the DCS system. And um, we'll provide all the different mental health therapies, um, medical 
you know, everything. And then hopefully if they need continuing education, uh, job training, all of that will provide for them. And they can stay at our facility as long as they want to until they're able to reintegrate into the community and secure housing and all of that. Awesome. Is the is the plan site here in Tucson or where's uh, that? Cochise County. Cochise County. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, we've been blessed with an amazing facility that has a lot of potential for growth. So hopefully, okay, we'll just take off running and grow and just really provide services that are so needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Share any questions for Beauty from Ashes? So the the facility is in Cochise County? Correct. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, yes, it is in Cochise County. Oh, I thought it was up in Maricopa County or up towards Phoenix area. So it's down here. That's awesome. Yes, it is. So mm-hmm. con- congratulations on that and getting that done. So thank you, thank so you much. for doing that. And thank you for being on the radio. We appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you for coming out today. Thank you so much. Sherry, I'm uh, so walking over have? the pathways. Hi. Okay. Hi, I'm Sergeant Lawrence Sylvia. I'm with uh, Tucson Police. I'm Robin DeFer with I have I have Sherry from Law Matters. She's yeah. right over there. We're live on her show. All right. So I'm walking around just interviewing people, just very informal, just What's your name, who you're with, and what are we doing out here today? Okay. I'm Robin Defoe, and I'm with Pathways of Arizona. Um, We're here uh, representing our um, outpatient behavioral health services for children and adults here in Tucson. Uh, We offer uh, counseling, family therapy, um, psychiatry services, groups, um, and we do work with uh, survivors of trafficking, and uh, we like to work with the families to try to educate them. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. You have a victim who's been trafficked. They're going through enough trauma. What about the family? What do they go through and what services do you provide? Absolutely. We provide uh, family therapy. So we work to educate them on what the child has been through and, um, you know, really have the family be a part of the child's uh, recovery and their trauma um, and and make the families aware of, of what's going on for that child so that they can be supportive. So how long does it typically take for a person to go through this process of, of recovery? And do you find it easier for the families to go through it and understand better than, than the victim? Um, sure. I, you know, I think it's individual um, as to how long it really takes. Um, I think it depends on, um, you know, how ready um, a child is to address what they've been through. And then I think for the families, it's a little bit easier for them to understand what the child's been through once we are able to provide them that education so that they can make it safe for that child to really um, go through their recovery process. Well, I appreciate everything you do, and thank you for being out here today. We just want everybody, if you're going by Steampump Ranch, turn in, be a part of what we're doing, learn what these organizations have to offer. It's pretty amazing, and there's food, there's a farmer's market, everything's happening here. So come on out and be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Hey, I'm here now with Sakasa. I'm okay. here with Sakasa, and, and who do I have? Hi, my name is Caitlin Monham, the director. I'm here with so Caitlin. So, Caitlin, with tell, us, tell us. 
Yeah, tell us about your organization. Absolutely. We are a local nonprofit, and we provide crisis advocacy via a 24-7 crisis line and hospital response for victims of sexual violence. We are also the primary uh, source of medical forensic exams for recent survivors of sexual assault, and we have therapy, uh, individual, family, and group therapy for survivors and their loved ones. So do any of these organizations overlap services? Is there, you know, are you in a certain region, you cover that region, and others cover different regions? Or how does so that work? Actually the, yeah, we're actually the primary provider of sexual assault services in southern Arizona. There are definitely other organizations that we partner with to help fill any gaps in services that we're not able to provide. Uh, we work with law enforcement. We work with the Consulate of Mexico, uh, other integrated health agencies. Um, really, we work to make sure that we're not overlapping services, but instead providing wraparound care to all of the survivors. Okay, explain wraparound care, because not everybody's going to understand that lingo. Absolutely. So we believe that uh, every individual, we want to treat them as a whole person, and there's more uh, to their recovery than just the trauma that they've experienced. So some individuals may need help with employment services or uh, substance use treatment, general mental health care, uh, anything that they really need to feel well as a whole person. We want to make sure that they have the resources, support, and services to treat all of those things. And so we make sure to fill all of those gaps so that we're not just focusing on the trauma that they experience, but really everything that they could uh, benefit from in order to move forward in their life. Can you give me any success stories? Excuse me? Success stories. Can you give me any success stories? Yeah, well, we see it every day. We provide uh, therapy to individuals, so we have the privilege of working with folks uh, into their long-term recovery. I mean, just this week, we had a few people who actually graduated their therapy program, which means they felt that they have the uh, coping skills needed, that they have processed their trauma in a way that's beneficial to them, uh, and that they feel like they don't need the constant support of a therapist or other services, and they've been able to go on and uh, lead functional, happy, fulfilling lives. That's awesome. Congratulations. I love that. I love hearing that. Well, I appreciate everything that you do for our community. We want everybody to come out here at Steampump Ranch and check out all these vendors. There's a lot of information here, and they've got stuff they're giving away. And what? <laughs> okay. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a few. LawMatters1030.org is a nonprofit that needs your support in El Tour de Tucson, either by riding a bike or walking in the 5K. To support us while we support law enforcement, please go to LawMatters1030.org support page to sign up. We'll see you there. This is JL reminding you the City of Tucson election is vote by mail only. Ballots will be mailed October 11. Please look for your ballot, fill it out, and drop it in the mail by October 31st. In-person ballot drop-off locations are listed on the county recorder's website. Let your voice be heard. Vote for a cleaner, safer Tucson. Law Matters Live Show works hard at keeping you informed on current issues from all law enforcement agencies, including any changes in both the tax and mortgage loan rules. I host the show as a volunteer. My real job is working for a mortgage broker with over 20 resources in residential, commercial, jumbo, as well as a reverse mortgage company whose new rule is offering tax-free money to those 55 and older, qualifying for up to $4 million. 
If you want to learn more, call me after the show at 520-310-9900. Every day, we go about our lives driven by routine. Our vision clouded by the very normalcy we take for granted. Countless victims of human trafficking walk among us, invisible. It's time to open our eyes. The Blue Campaign provides a unified voice for those who combat human trafficking, whether it's forced labor, domestic servitude, or the sex trade. Learn what you can do to help by visiting dhs.gov slash blue campaign. LawMatters1030.org is a nonprofit that needs your support in El Tour de Tucson, either by riding a bike or walking in the 5K. To support us while we support law enforcement, please go to LawMatters1030.org support page to sign up. We'll see you there. We're at the Steam Pump Ranch, and we're hosting a huge sex trafficking awareness event. We've got Oral Valley Police Department out here, Homeland Security's out here, all these other different agencies. There's a lot to do and a lot to see. And we have Lawrence, who's going to be interviewing another resource for us. Lawrence, who do you have? I'm here with... Hespera Purden. I'm the anti-trafficking caseworker at the International Rescue Committee in Tucson. Okay, tell us what you do and, and why you're doing it. What resources do you have? Certainly. Uh, so the International Rescue Committee is a nonprofit um, that provides comprehensive case management services to refugees, asylum seekers, as well as survivors of human trafficking. Uh, so my job is basically to connect uh, survivors of trafficking to resources in the community, um, just help them with anything that they need, help them get into shelters, uh, apply for benefits. Um, and, yeah, I also do some outreach, such as today's event. And can you give us any success stories? Um, yes. So I, I haven't been working with uh, the IRC for very long. Um, but I know a lot of our clients have managed to um, get housing after being homeless. Uh, many of our clients have even been able to get citizenship or lawful permanent residency. Uh, we primarily help foreign national victims of trafficking. However, here in Tucson, I can also help U.S. citizens. Um, so uh, thankfully, uh, in Phoenix especially, a lot of our clients have been able to get settled in the U.S. and um, get connected to resources and start rebuilding their lives after the trauma that they experienced. Do you find that people who have been come over here that, you know, the coyotes or whatever they're called, bring them over here and just dump them in the area and they don't know where they're going or what they're doing, do you find these people are more susceptible to being sex trafficked? Uh, well, most of my clients are actually labor trafficking victims, and um, okay. yes, uh, sometimes the, the coyotes are their traffickers, and uh, uh, basically what they do is they, they extort them, um, threaten them, and uh, you know force them to do labor. And a lot of times they will promise them, you know, to bring them over the border, um, and they. Uh, but after they do so, they, they tell them that they're indebted to them and that they then have to pay off their debt. And that's kind of how they get them trapped in this cycle of forced labor. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, a lot, of, uh, a lot of coyotes do kind of uh, 
force force labor trafficking victims to to come here and then yeah leave them kind of stranded without any help. Well, thank you for everything you do, and thank you for coming on the show and telling us what your resources are. I think we need to make people more aware of the different resources available, and Mm -hmm. you do a great job. I appreciate everything you do. Lawrence? Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Lawrence, do do you find that people are, you know, these people that are brought up here and then just dumped here, do you find that they are more susceptible to being human trafficked or, you know, slave labor or, or sex trafficked? Oh, absolutely. So what Hesper was describing is a, is a term that we use. It's called debt bondage. And uh, the cartel uh, who's, who's running, uh, you know, um, human smuggling into the United States from primarily Mexico, but also other, other uh, countries, you know, China and other, other places are actually using Mexico uh, to smuggle uh, people in. Um, they're very well versed in this in this game, and, and what these traffickers will do is they'll say, "Hey, it's uh, three thousand dollars per person, and then we'll smuggle you in." So you pay your three thousand dollars, you get two attempts to be smuggled into the United States successfully. Once you get smuggled in, they bring you up to Phoenix, they house you, and they say, "Oh well, we smuggled you in, and you, and you paid your fee, but while you know while you were here for the week that we housed you, you ate and you slept and you used our toiletries." So you owe us another $2,000. And we know you don't have that, but you're welcome to work that off at this restaurant or this field or this whatever. And then they put you to work. And that, that debt just keeps growing the longer you stay there. And they pay you very little to, to no money. And they just, you know, they, they force this, this labor on you. And we, we refer to that as, as debt bondage. So they, they bring you in and they, they charge you and then they, they keep you and force this, this, you know, this, this labor on you at a very cheap rate while they charge you to, to stay in this home with, you know, 20 other people. So it's like a never ending circle. You Correct. just keep having to, having to pay them off. So do these right. people, and, and these, and these, these, or- these victims, they don't know where they are. They don't have any resources. You know, they, they don't speak English. They're fearful of the police. The traffickers are telling them that if the police find out that they're here, they're going to be taken back to, you know, whatever country they came from. So it's a, it's a really tough situation for these victims. So do, do we do any educating on, you know, hey, if you're a victim of slave, slavery or, you know, human smuggling, trafficking, if you're being put into a situation where you have to have sex to pay your rent, that there's a resource that can get you out of it? That's exactly what we're doing here today. That's why all these wonderful exactly. people, wonderful organizations are here today. That's why we have you here today. That's, that's what we want to do. We want to go to as many events um, and reach out to as many people as we can so we can educate the public. We can um, bring awareness to this issue, and we can recognize this issue, and we can, we can help people that, you know, that are in this situation. So who else do you have to interview over there? I know you've got a lot of people. Uh, I'm here with Connections Health Solutions. Hi, I'm Lawrence Sobey with Tucson Police. I have Sherry with Law Matters right over there. We're live on the radio. And I'm just going around um, making connections with people that are here. Just uh, who are you, what organization do you represent, and, and what are you doing here today? Sure. Hi. Yeah, my name is Matt Schaefer, and, and uh, Connections Health Solutions has a facility here 
in Tucson called the Crisis Response Center. He's been here for many years, 15 years, I believe. And we're just showing our support for the anti-trafficking, uh, human trafficking. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a rampant problem right now. We're just here to support in any way we can. Uh, what we do here at Connections is the CRC is a, a 24-7 crisis, uh, crisis facility. So uh, we're there to support mental health services. Anyone can walk in 24 hours a day, youth, adults. Uh, we have a no wrong door policy. We help everyone. So we have an, uh, an urgent care, basically. It's just like a, a psychiatric urgent care. So someone can come in, see a counselor, um, maybe get a, um, a get a um, assessment done. Um, also, we have a 24-hour observation unit for crisis stabilization for both youth and adults. And then we also have a what we call a subacute unit for adults. So if they need a couple more days to stabilize uh, and, uh, you know, get some help, we can do that as well. So we're just here, you know, 24 hours a day to support the mental health community. And, uh, you know, we're here to help everyone in any, any time. What kind of, you say crisis, what kind of crisis are you referring to? So we get a lot of um, folks from uh, Phoenix PD, I mean, excuse me, Tucson PD and different organizations like mental health crises, uh, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideations. Um, you know, we get kids from schools that are, you know, going through a rough time. Um, any type of mental health situation that we can definitely handle 24 hours a day. Okay. And when they go through an assessment, how long is an assessment? Is that like a couple hours, or a couple of days? What, is that, what does that involve? So, so when someone walks through, that's a great question. When someone walks through our doors, um, we, they are in front of a provider within 90 minutes. So that means they get a, a psychiatric assessment, and let's say they just need a bridge script. They want to start some medications, uh, and, uh, you know, we would, we would help them facilitate that, get them some resources. Um, or if they're in, you know, if they are in a, a crisis where they're maybe a danger to themselves or um, have some suicidal thoughts, we can admit them directly to our um, observation unit for 24-hour stabilization. And after 24 hours, what happens to them? So, um, again, we have our adults, so if they need a couple extra days to stabilize, we have an adult unit that is uh, what we call our subacute unit, roughly three to five days. Um, but the kiddos, we do not have an um, a inpatient for. So we work with all the level one psychiatric facilities we partner with. Uh, we um, send them directly there if they need um, a longer time to stabilize. We work with lots of outpatient providers, different you know, food banks and different resources to help them so sometimes we get people walking in that just need a resource for a food for, for food box or for um an outpatient provider uh, so we connect them regardless of insurance i mean we do take all most insurances and all the medicaid plans but if someone does not have insurance we would never turn them away we'll help them get signed up with access we'll help them get the resources they need when they need it <laughs> So if, if you've got a situation where, you know, you've got a youth who's got an issue, what if their issue is with their family? What do you do? Well, that, that, that's a good question. That, that's a clinical, uh, you know, clinical question. But our, we our providers, our therapists, and our care coordinators work together with the child and the family. Now, there is... There is some um, alone time with our providers, so if there's like an issue with um, something with their family or something that they don't want their family to know, know or something like that, we definitely address that as well. And we work really closely with the uh, Tucson Police Department, the MIST team, the mental health support team, um, all the mobile crisis teams and all those uh, different agencies so we can combat that kind of problem.
So can you give me any success stories? Oh, gosh. I mean, we, we've seen we, – yeah, so we, we, we had um, a kiddo not too long ago come in. I mean, hi, highly uh, PTSD, um, lots of depression, anxiety, you know, going through some things. And, uh, you know, we work, with, we work with them and the family um, through some, you know, counseling and, and medications and uh, support. We do groups and stuff and uh this kid is flourishing right now and that was about you know a three week on and off um time frame where the kid is just flourishing Uh, the grades came up um different things like that so yeah there's we have plenty of success stories and you know it's just it's 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 not an easy thing to uh uh, you know to to come forward we want to break that stigma everybody's welcome with us and uh there's always help out there that's the message we want to give people too it's always Somebody else is going through what you're going through. You're not alone. And there are so many resources in our county. It's just look around, look around you. Look at all these people here. And anybody who's driving by needs to turn into Steampump Ranch and check it out. We've got farmer's markets here. They've got food trucks here, games for the kids to play. We've got so much information here. Everybody needs to be aware of what's going on. Who else do you have, Lawrence? Lawrence, who else do you have? I'm here with Banner Family Care. (laughs) And who am I talking to? My name's Alice Strait. And what do you do? I work for the Children's System of Care team. So I work with providers throughout Southern Arizona um, and Maricopa County that serve children um, in a behavioral health capacity through our access plan. So tell me, tell me a success story. Which ones do you have? A success story. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's lots of success stories out there, but my role is really focused on providers. So I think some of the successes we're seeing lately is a lot of collaboration um, across different agencies to improve efforts around anti-human trafficking, as well as getting more providers trained on uh, transition age use services to help them not fall through the cracks as they turn 18. So after a person turns 18, they finally realize that they still need help. So there are agencies out here that will help people after they're out of high school and, you know, until what age, 24, or actually is it ageless? Uh, It's ageless depending on, on on the need and the circumstances. So if youth have come out of foster care, there are lots of agencies that will continue to serve them and they can go back to them, including DCS programs, um, up until they're 21 to 24, depending on the program. And there's lots of community mental health agencies that serve um, people through the lifespan. Do you help people find resources to get jobs, to get training, to get different jobs, to go to school? Absolutely. Access um, funds programming for transition age youth, and it's one of the requirements through access providers. So any provider that's serving um, children 16 and up um, to 24 are going to be required to provide um, access to employment services, vocational rehab services, um, any kind of assistance that they would need to, to be able to become employed or have resources. Very cool. So... You work with all these other agencies, and I know Lawrence is going to take us to talk to another one. And 
we're going to hear about what they have to offer. Thank you so much for what you do. And we're going to talk with, yeah, applaud, applaud. <laughs> and we're going to talk with uh, another agency and see what they're up to and and what services they provide. And meanwhile, I still have you here. Talk to me about what you've been doing and how long you've been doing it. Um, so, uh, again, I, I started out by working with uh, children in crisis and experiencing um We'd have kids come in that were trafficked and, and learning about that. So now I, I too work for the Banner University Family Care uh, Health Plan, the Access Health Plan. And just like Alice was just describing, we really leverage our position as payers to encourage and educate our providers um, on uh, safe supports and safe places for victims and survivors of sex trafficking. Um, as well as the identification of and the intervention piece. How do you recognize if you're going to, you're talking to people who, who aren't necessarily working in that field. So if they're just out and about, how would they recognize, what are the red flags of recognizing somebody who's being, or a child who's being sex trafficked? So that's a great question. So what happens is if you know a child and then all of a sudden they start um, showing up with new phones, new clothes, you know, hair done, nails done, that can be a red flag also you have to listen to their language. They say things like uh, the blade or the track, um, or so that is that's a that is a corridor or a a an area where where people are are commonly trafficked is on the blade. Um, it used to be Miracle Mile out here in Tucson. Um, and so I, I think it's changed since then. I haven't been, I, I moved away from here, but I lived here for 10 years and I love me some Tucson. Um, uh, the other thing is too, is you got to listen to the, you know, look at, look at, look around. If you see underage kids with uh, tattoos, especially around the uh, hand between the uh, index finger and the thumb with little brand, those are what they call like badges. And those, um, those can be badges or brands. Um, what will happen is their, their pimps will, will brand them with a certain tattoo so everybody knows that they belong to that individual. Um, and, and, yeah, just uh, also they'll show up to school tired. You know, if you see kids in your community or if you're a teacher or an educator and you see kids that are just showing up tired um, to school all day, they may have been out doing something all night. So we really need to keep an eye out for a lot of those factors. And, and you can also, um, the attorney general's office will come out to schools and come out to any organization and they will provide free trainings for, uh, on, um, uh, the dangers of social media. See, that's where the most, most of this happens, and that's that's really what we have to be aware of: is the social media danger with our kiddos these days. There's so much I could tell you about that, but I don't know if we have time. <laughs> no, that's that's uh, exactly true. People have no idea that their kids could be sitting next to them on the sofa and still be sex trafficked at the same time, and it's ugly, it's dangerous, and we need people to be educated. That's why. Law Matters offers a lot of, throughout the year, will offer free classes that you can come to, bring your family, bring your kids. Law enforcement will be there. The prosecutor will be there. And we answer questions on site. 
we'll show you a documentary, we'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. And we do this several times a year, and it's not just on uh, sex trafficking, it's on drugs, it's on, you know, gun violence. We do classes on all kinds of scams for seniors, scams for little kids, all kinds of educational events, and they're posted on our website, lawmatters1030.org. And we want everybody to be more aware, especially in the today's day and age. It's so prevalent that you keep up with what's going on, especially if you're a parent, because it changes overnight. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I'm thinking, gee, did that happen when my son was in school? But he was in school as computers were just coming into the in cell phones and all that. So it wasn't that prevalent, but now it's, it's run amok. And I just want to, I just want to mention one more thing is that the most commonly trafficked age is between the ages of 12 and 14. So those are the, those are the times to keep an eye on, on the kiddos, you know, well, all the time, but all the time, but especially and monitor who they're speaking with when they're playing those video games, people start talking to them and, you know, it's really sad because they talk to somebody for a month or two and then they feel like, well, I know this person. They're not a stranger when actually they're a stranger. So you don't want to go meeting, you know, some stranger, some pervert in some mall or park someplace. So, Lawrence, what are you doing over there? He's just standing there. Let's put him to work. Who do you have? I'm at the, I'm at the CAC table, the Ch- Children's Advocacy Center. So who do I who do I have here today? I uh, have Angela Sanchez. I'm one of the family support facilitators for the center, and we also have Alyssa Depke, and I'm an intern for the Child Children's Advocacy Center. Okay, tell us why you're there, what got you involved, and what your organization does for for the community. Well, I've always worked with families, and um, I'm a mother of five. So. I, uh, The information that we give out today, I wish I had when my children were young. They're all adults now, but um, I provide parenting tools to support families who have youngsters today living in this world. And um, our center, we support children who have been through some form of abuse or witnessed it, and they come in, and it's a, a center where they receive the forensic interview, they receive a medical exam if needed, and they receive a, an advocate to provide resources and support. It's a one-stop center where the child only has to share this story one time. And uh, so I'm on the prevention side myself, and we're here today just to share some classes that we offer. I have a, a wonderful coloring book that introduces safe touch and unsafe touch. That's an easy way to bring up conversations with your children. I know it's a tough topic, but it's a necessary topic. And uh, what else do we have today? It doesn't sound like you'd be able to buy that at the local candy store or Target. I want to see this this coloring book you're talking about. I'll come bring one by you. (laughs) Um, We're also, I don't have it here, but we are looking for 
uh, businesses to help us with our Tory Drive. We are we have boxes. We can bring it to your center if anyone has a business where you're you have a lot of people coming through. We really appreciate to get toys for our clients this year, and uh, we also have an Amazon wish list. So if someone uh, if a business would love to just take on the wish list, that would be amazing. But uh, we do have toy boxes that need to be delivered, and uh, anyone that's interested in helping us with our toy drive this year, that would be amazing. Have you signed up with Toys for Tots because they help collect toys for different organizations? Uh, we're familiar with them, that? but we do our yeah we do our own drive, and uh, I'm hoping that this year we'll have a a lot more participants. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Everybody should be out there trying to collect toys for for these kids. I know when we, because I worked with Toys for Tots and all our leftover toys, we took over to Casa de los Niños, and they distributed to different organizations that needed them. That's the only reason I said that. So. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so give us a success story. A success story. Oh, I wasn't prepared I feel, for that. Well, I feel like all of our stories are success stories. I don't think there's one in particular. I think the goal of our, I think the success would be that we help in prosecution of people that have victimized children in various abuse and neglect situations. So don't think there's one in particular, but the ones that we can support law enforcement and getting prosecution on, on are our success stories. I, I can speak to the success of the CAC, Sherry. As, as a being in law enforcement for 18 years, the Tucson Police Department works hand-in-hand hand with the CAC. Anytime we have a kid that needs a forensic interview or needs a forensic exam, um, anytime we have a kid that needs a forensic interview or forensic exam, um, we know exactly where to go. And, and the, the CAC has been instrumental in taking care of these kids, making sure that um, they're talked to the right way, that they're handled the right way after these traumatic incidents, and making sure that we get successful prosecution on these cases because they have the proper training, the proper centers, the proper nurses, the proper doc- doctors. So we work hand-in-hand hand with the CAC, and we wouldn't be as successful as we are in these cases that, that target and victimize kids without the CAC. I have a question for you. She said that they only have to tell their story once. If you're going to prosecute, you're going to court. Don't they have to go to court and, and re-explain? How does that work? So the forensic interviews are, um, there's forensic Recorded? interviewers that are trained. This, The forensic interviewers and then the child will go into a room that's soundproofed, videotaped. The law enforcement agency will be in another room when it are kind of, viewing over the interview that tape gets disclosed to the courts to um, the prosecution office defense so that that can be the disclosure for the child interview and it prevents um the child for for having to go to trauma trauma being in front of a jerk being in front of their um their are their perpetrators so that's the goal is that the taped interview will suffice for the um, courtroom testimony and being in front of all those people, yes. Very cool. Okay, I think next we're going to watch Lawrence Hula Hoop. 
I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> going to grab a hula hoop and yep. and have at it. I want <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, you got to come down. Somebody and, else and to you, talk to. You got to come down to the event and see that in person. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so who else do we have? We have Oral Valley Police Department. Let's talk to some of them and find out what they do in this arena. I think that would be awesome. I was hoping that Carol would show up, but I think she might have had another appointment. It's one thing about these law enforcement people. They don't work normal jobs. They are on 24-7, 365, and, you know, they're out here today. And they brought their equipment out here. They've got a, I don't know what it's called, a little go-kart that's kind of cute. They've got their command center out here. If you want to see some of this stuff, come on out. Steampump Ranch. Down in Oral Valley, we've got Farmer's Market, we've got all kinds of things, and we've got Lawrence. Lawrence, what are you doing? Lawrence, Hi, is I'm there. here. There was a, there was a uh, table that snuck in, so I, I backtracked. Who oh, do I have you here? found him. See, he's Hi. law enforcement. You can't get away with anything. And we have Daniela here. She's my coworker from Centro de Información y Asistencia Mexicanos. Uh, we're here to give out information on the services the consulate can provide to our Mexican nationals here in uh, the counties in Pima and Pinas. And what was your name? Lia Rendon. I work and for the Legal Affairs Department. Excuse me? And, and how long have you been doing that? How uh, long have you been, been with them? The yeah, I've been at the consulate for over two years now. I started in our national call center, and now I'm in the legal affairs department. I oversee all custody of minors and civil matters. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Tell us, take walk us through a case. What happens? Uh, of a case of human trafficking. We, yeah, we have two minutes. Can you sum up what you do in two minutes with uh, any given case? Yes, so we usually work out with um, different agencies to provide information to our victims, and we try to do the best intake we can so we can um, see exactly what we have to do. We do have a lot of cases um, on our Mexican nationals crossing the border and being trafficked. Um, we also uh, work with victims of sexual abuse over uh, crossing the border, and we do have a program with um, other attorneys here in Tucson, which help us out with any of the situations. And it's a legal assistance uh, program, and it's, it's free to our Mexican nationals. So that's how we provide legal assistance to them. And we do also um, channel this information to our agencies here. One of the agencies that help out a lot is Sarcasa. Um, we're always working with them daily with um, our victims. Well, thank you so much for being interviewed on the show. We want everybody out there listening, come to Steampump Ranch. We've got everything going on here. It's a gorgeous day. We've got the farmer's market. We've got all these vendors here who will give you information about what's going on. And, and everybody needs to be educated on this. It's happening around you. You might not realize what you're looking at until you get educated on the fact. So come out here and listen to what they have to say. And I want to thank Lawrence for being my man on the street. And until next week, shop local, stay safe. Thank you.